Hey everybody, welcome. Steve Wollenhouse here. I'm your host on Anatomy of Success. This week, to be free from the belief you're an imposter, do these five things. So glad you joined us. Let's get started. Welcome back again. This is Anatomy of Success, and I'm your host, Steve Wollenhouse. Welcome. First time here. Glad you discovered us. Bring some friends back next week. Subscribe to the podcast if you've been here before. Like what we're doing. We sure appreciate ratings and reviews. Stop over at weatherology.com. That's my company page. Grab the Weatherology mobile app. It's free. And then find me under the About Us section at the top of that page. You'll find links to LinkedIn, Facebook, as well as on Instagram, and I welcome you to follow along. Ariana Huffington, a very famous lady in America, came here with a very heavy accent many years ago and thought it would be a major liability. At first, she worked to improve her accent, believing she would never be accepted. A lot of self-doubt. Then she learned to embrace that it was her authentic voice, and she no longer obsessed over what she perceived to be a liability. The epiphany she had, what we say, is far more important than how it sounds. You ever feel like that's what's going on in your life and it's just a matter of time before people discover that you're pretending to be something you're not you would be amazed at how many successful people share that common secret incident studies suggest over 70 percent in fact of the population experience what we call imposter syndrome imposter syndrome well it's the psychological condition that makes us feel inadequate or incompetent despite plenty of evidence suggesting the contrary experts on the subject break imposter syndrome down into five competence categories to help people identify their individual areas of struggle so they can focus on taking steps to improve their perception of not being good enough. According to my main man, Chris Martin from Coldplay, met on a trip down in Mexico many years ago. Amazing. It's helpful to have some arrogance with paranoia. If we are all paranoid, we'd never leave the house. If we were all arrogant, no one would want to be around us and leave the house with us. So here's five types of imposter syndromes and some tips on tackling each one. Number one, perfection. Perfectionists set these incredibly high expectations for themselves. When they fail, the failure is painful. We believe we don't measure up to the unrealistic expectations we're creating and that we've set for ourselves. Success is often unsatisfying for the perfectionist because we believe we can always do better. And I struggled with that myself many, many years ago. And many people do. Here's what we can do to help improve in this area. We have to learn to take mistakes in stride and embrace the process and appreciate we're fallible. (laughs) Nobody's infallible here. We aspire to do good work, not perfect work. That makes a big difference. Next, superhero. Now, these people push hard to convince their colleagues that they are exceptional. They're extraordinary because they believe they are inadequate deep down inside. So they use hard work as a tool to stand out. These people use accomplishment to achieve validation, which depends on external affirmation, incidentally. So here's what we need to do. We need to start focusing on internal validation and cultivate genuine confidence. We have to learn to work more intelligently and establish a 
realistic pace, with realistic expectations, accept constructive criticism, and appreciate. Suggestions to improve aren't personal. The delivery matters. I get it, but we still have to sift through what's being said to ascertain if there's some benefit there. Jennifer Lopez said this, even though I had sold 70 million albums, there was this feeling that I just wasn't good at this. If you are struggling in this area, folks, you're not alone. Lots of famous people, successful people have dealt with these issues. So let's work through these things today, discuss what some of these things are, and again, some steps we can take to try to improve in these areas. Next is what we call a genius. Many people believe talent is something that we are born with. As a result, geniuses, quote unquote, work to create competence and they judge their progress on speed and efficiency. Everything is measured by outcome, not effort. If the process is slow, these people feel shame. In response, they establish incredibly high expectations for themselves that can seldom be met. So what do folks that suffer from this malady have to do? Well, we have to start seeing everything as a process and be realistic about the time required to achieve real success. We have to focus on making one change at a time and set realistic parameters for achieving our goals. Stamina, perseverance, win the day here. And geniuses is something that we create. It's not something we're born with. Next, what I call the lone wolf. Listen, lone wolves are great. I happen to have that type of personality myself. There's a few attributes, though, that can be problematic. Now, lone wolves have a difficult time asking for help oftentimes. They believe asking for help is the equivalent of admitting failure. There's nothing wrong with being strong, independent, working alone, being content alone. However, we all need to ask for some support periodically. And lone wolves that suffer from this condition have a propensity to not be able to do that. So here's what we could do. We have to learn to be okay reaching out to people that have more experience, more expertise. Both parties appreciate the feeling of being supportive. And humility is a great way to gain perspective and better quality friendships. Next and finally, the expert, the self-proclaimed expert, measures their success based on how much they know. Academics suffer with this often. They measure their success predicated on degrees and how many plaques hang on the wall and how impressive that is. Fancy degrees are the equivalent of superior intelligence. The problem, many believe they don't know enough and it's never good enough. That belief is good until it becomes a liability. Many of these people don't apply for jobs believing they are unqualified. They constantly seek new certificates to verify their expertise. So here's what we have to do. We have to start sharing what we know and help people around us succeed. A lot of these folks soak up all this knowledge and are kind of stingy with it. Many experts hoard knowledge and refuse to collaborate, believing it's an admonition of incompetence, or they believe they lose their competitive advantage by sharing, or by suggesting they should collaborate. It's an indictment of their inability to know all. 
see y'all. We have to learn to love learning because we appreciate learning is a lifelong endeavor. Embrace the journey of higher education, that's fine, but give generously. Jodie Foster said this, When I won the Oscar, I thought I was a fluke, a fake. I thought everybody would find out and they'd take it back. They'd come to my house knocking on the door. Excuse me, we meant to give that award to somebody else. That was supposed to go to Meryl Streep. So folks, imposter syndrome is real. A lot of folks have to wrestle with this. If you do, you're not alone. And I hope these five things we discussed today and some simple steps we can take to improve in these five areas help. My name is Steve Wollenhouse. This is Anatomy of Success, and I'm glad you joined us this week. Come back next week. Until then, let's stay focused, let's stay positive, and let's stay optimistic.